Yeah, Triple B's in the building. Big baller brand supports the NBA buzz and the inside buzz. We with you, man. Triple B style. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Inside Buzz. I'm your host, Mikey Domagala. For episode 21, welcome in 11-year NBA veteran and current free agent, Costa Kufos. In 2008, he went 23rd overall to the Utah Jazz, and over his career, he's played with five different teams and last year played overseas in Moscow. His career started off slow in Utah and Minnesota, but picked up quickly when he arrived in Denver. In 2012-13, he had a career year, averaging 8 points per game, 7 rebounds per game, and 1.3 blocks per game for the 57-25 third place Denver Nuggets. And also in his career, he put up plenty of serviceable years in Memphis and Sacramento before now becoming a free agent. All right, Costa, welcome to episode 21 of Inside Buzz. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. Here we are in the midst of the 2020 NBA Finals. The Lakers have a 3-1 lead on the Miami Heat. Have you been watching? And I want to hear your thoughts on it. I've been watching. Um, I've been re- impressed, uh, very impressed by a few players. Um, Tyler Hero, I'm sure, you know, everybody knows, you know, his uh, his confidence level is, is off the charts for a rookie. And, uh, you know, he's got a bright future ahead of himself. So I'm really, uh, really impressed by him. Obviously, LeBron is LeBron. So everybody expects him to be great. And he's shown through. Um, you know, do I believe that Miami can win it? That's uh, going to be tough, but who knows? I mean, they are wearing the Kobe jerseys tomorrow, so let's see. We'll see what happens. So, In the league, there's many teams who need a center. In my opinion, I'm looking at Boston and Dallas. You're now a free agent, 31 years old. Is there a certain team where you would like to go to if you arrive back in the NBA? I keep my options open. I mean, I'm in great shape. I've been working out every single day, and uh you know, for me right now, with what's going on, you know, there's bigger things in the world than just basketball right now, and everybody understands that. So, for me, you know, just in the mornings, working out, conditioning, um, shooting every day, and getting up and down. For me, whatever team, whatever opportunity, I can contribute a lot. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a very efficient uh, basketball player. I don't make any mistakes. You know, and when given the opportunity, you know, I perform. You know, I'm an easily, easy double double guy when when given starter minutes. Is there something you miss most about the NBA because you last played overseas in Russia? There's two different dynamics. Um, you know, EuroLeague is a good league. It's strong. Um, there's a lot of talented guys that play in EuroLeague. Uh, NBA is just a different type of uh, different type of play style. Uh, NBA is more up and down, and whereas uh, EuroLeague is more half court based. And you know, it's 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 cool because you have two different dynamics. So it was great to experience both. Uh, but being fortunate enough to play in the league for NBA for 11 plus years, you know, have that experience and. You know, it's, it's more suitable to my style of play. I want to get your thoughts on what Luka Doncic said about the NBA and Europe. He said it's a lot easier to score in the NBA. And, you know, he's, he said in Europe they defend him much better. Is it because of the half-court sets and not as fast of a pace? Well, with the, uh, with the yearly, you don't have the three-second rule with the, with the defensively. You can be in the key, you can muck the paint. And uh, where the NBA is more spread out, and it's you can easily it's easier for you to get to the basket. Um, not saying that the players are better in your league or uh, players are better in the NBA. It's just it's a different dynamic. Um, usually in the Euroleague they crowd more, and uh, it leaves them more opportunity for you know for for people to score and, and to shoot more so in Euroleague than in whereas in the NBA you can more slash the rim and finish around the rim. Um, you know, and Luka Doncic, I mean he's. He's a tremendous player, obviously. Um, you know, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't get multiple MVP awards in the future. Um, and he's also, you know, as the way he's going, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and All-Star. And uh, coming from EuroLeague and, and going over here, you know, it's he's had a heck of a career so far, and he's got many more years to come. 
And over your career, you played for the Greek uh, international team. One year, you played alongside Giannis Antetokounmpo in 2015, I believe. Now, that was before Giannis was back-to-back MVP Giannis. How much do you remember about Giannis that one year? I mean, Giannis was still an all-star elite-level player even before he was an MVP. Um, With with him, I remember, you know, he would get 20 points, 10 boards, and like five, six assists, and like seven blocks, even a national team, which is is crazy to – crazy to do in Europe and uh you know he, he played uh Nicolaitis you know Nicolaitis played with me as well we had a really good team and uh there's a lot of uh, talented players that have Greek heritage or were born in Greece and uh that's what makes us you know European players so unique as well too because there's a lot of talent out there not just in the NBA which which is which is which is a global sport he seems like one of the nicest guys and also the mo- the most hilarious guys in the league. Is there a certain story about Giannis that sticks out to you? No, I mean, look, you know, Giannis was on the team. Thanasis, his older brother, was on the team. Um, you know, they're, they're a lot of energy. Uh, they, 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 they don't have – they, they, they can't stop. They just have a lot of energy even off the court, and that's what makes them so good. You know, they have a motor, and it just keeps pushing them to, to get better. Um, and, you know, for me, watching him, you know, watching him play at a young age, you know, even his rookie year, I remember – from from now from then to now, I mean, it's leaps and bounds. But it, it doesn't surprise me, it didn't shock me to 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 see him where he's at right now because, you know, you could just tell the talent level was there. He just had to grow in his body, and now his his body's he's just unreal. I mean, he's, he's you can't you can't compete with that. And Costa, I'm sorry, I have to bring this up. 2018, you're playing against Giannis in the NBA. Yeah, you got the dunk. Amon Chumper didn't play the defense defensive scheme right, and then. He puts you on that poster, like you're yeah, saying. Whatever. I mean, whatever. I mean, look, I was coming off a hamstring injury. <laughs> I think now that it wouldn't happen again. But, you know, look, you know, I got to give credit when credit's due. And he did it. And then I remember down the free throw line, we were shooting free throws. He looked at me, smiled. I was like, get out of here, man. Like, <laughs> and, and his commentary post-game to the media, he said, you know, Costa, he's a great guy. I've met his family, his mother. It's going to be awkward when we're back in Greece and we're talking know, to each adding, other. Adding, I know. Adding, adding, uh, adding insult to the – I'm adding more to the wound. But whatever. You know, it's part of the game. It happens. I'm not – I'm fearless. I'm still going to go up for everything. And that's it's just what it is. You know, yep. everybody gets dunked on. Uh, the greats have gotten dunked on too. So, I don't, I don't care. I slept great at night and the next day and – Whatever. I'm not changing up how I play. I was going to say, it's better off that you went up for the block rather than just ran away because people get more hate for that in the league if you just run away from I mean, You can't win. The internet's undefeated for a reason. So it's just, it is what it is. You, you learn from it. Whatever. I mean, you, you neutralize it by, by make, just, just laughing it off. So Going back a step in your career, when you're in high school, the 2007 McDonald's All-American game, you played alongside so many future stars, yeah. Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, Harden, Kevin Love, O.J. Mayo. How much do you remember from that game? And looking around, seeing Rose, seeing Kevin Love, did you know these guys were going to be these big-time players? Oh, yeah. You could tell. Just just, just even from practices in the McDonald's All-American game. I mean, I grew up with some of the guys, too, and played in the AAU circuit. And uh, you could just you just know they're NBA-ready. Um, even Derrick Rose, when he was playing, he was slashing the basket. That, that's something you don't see as a generational player. It was unfortunate with some of the injuries, but I still think he's had a hell of a career. And, uh, you know, I believe he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Everybody believes that as well. And uh, was the youngest MVP of all, in yep. NBA history. Yep. So, I mean, like, that that says it for itself. And uh, I'm, I see he's still playing very efficient, too, at his age and with what he went through. I mean, I'm very proud of him with what he's accomplished. At Ohio State, you go one and done. Almost when that wasn't as popular to do back then. 
14.4 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game in that freshman year. I want to hear about your thoughts of making that commitment and what the people around you were thinking of, you know, uh, applying for the NBA draft. It's it's hit and miss. Uh, you're going to have every time, every, every athlete's going to go through it. Um, you're going to have people that are going to say it's not a good idea. You need to stay in school. Well, it's a good idea. You need to take it because you're not going to get injured. For me, you know, I felt like it was best that I needed to go because um, you never know. You don't want to write risk injury. Um, you know, you're going to have your, you're going to have critics no matter what you do. You just have to focus on yourself and believe in yourself and control what you control and the task at hand. Um, at the moment, you know, you're projected lottery, but you know, you slip a little bit, you're still a first round pick. You know, I'm a firm believer. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And, uh, you know, granted, you know, you know, I was very fortunate to play in the league for over a decade and some guys don't, don't, don't pan out for more than five years. The average career is what around four or five years anyways. But, uh, you know, I'm glad what I did. Um, I still, you know, kept a good relationship with Ohio State currently still. And, uh, you know, I'm always supporting them as well. And, you know, whatever one of the players from previous years, you know, we, we all stay in touch. Uh, even like Mike Conley and Greg Go and all those guys, you know, they're great guys and they've had great careers in themselves. And Mike Conley especially, he's, he's been amazing off the charts, just efficient every single year. And in that draft, 23rd overall, heading into the NBA as a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Talk to me about the pressure that you went through going to that team full of, you know, veterans in Utah. I learned a lot. Um, you know, that generation of players is, is faded now, uh, especially coaches. Uh, Jerry Sloan, that was that was Jerry Sloan, like, toward, you know, towards his peak. I mean, fading off a little bit. But Jer Jerry Sloan was – he was uh, he was very strict. And uh, at the same time, though, you know, I learned a lot from him. Uh, you know, rest in peace. You know, come my closest to him and his family and prayers for his family. Uh, but, you know, I learned a lot from him. I was very fortunate to learn. And I remember my rookie year, he, uh, you know, I had a lot of good, I had a lot of good stints, you know, especially when the older guys would get injured. I would start and play a lot of good games. I was, I played, I put up really good numbers. And for a 19, 20 year old at that time, you know, it was tough to do. And uh, I remember Jerry Sloan at the end, he was like, you want to be in the league for more than a decade, son? I was like, yeah, of course. And uh, he was like, well, you know, you got to learn how to play better defense and rebound the ball better. Scoring is a diamond dozen. Everybody can score. But if you can rebound and play defense and set yourself apart from everybody, you'll be in the league for more than 10 years. And, you know, that really that really stuck with me. And and I remember that. And I was scared. You know, you're 19 years old, 20, you have a Hall of Fame coach telling you, like, you're going to be out of the league in a year if you don't do this. And I really it really stuck with me. And, you know, I was very fortunate because, you know, I'm, I'm no more for, you know, rebounding and defense. Obviously, I can still score. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did that, and it, and it was ingrained in me. And, you know, every game I played, even when I was in Denver and I was starting, you know, I was always going to get 10-plus 10 10 boards every game if I was given the minutes, and I'm glad I did it. So it was, and, I st and it stuck out. just want to give my condolences, like you said, to the Sloan family. And, you know, you get there, and that team is stacked. Yeah. Uh, I would say one of the most underrated teams full of players, you know, yeah. over recent years, Carlos Boozer, Karolinko. Corver, Darren, uh, Darren Williams, Darren Williams, uh, O'Kerr was on that yep. team. How much did you learn from those guys, and who took you under uh, their wing? Mehmet O'Kerr did. Uh, Mehmet O'Kerr and I, you know, we stay in touch once in a while still. But you know, he was my vet, and uh, I was very lucky to learn from him. Um, you know, he's he's European. He's, Tur he's from Turkey, and you know, it's one of those things that you know a lot of Greek, a lot of Europeans have similar similar uh, similar qualities when it comes to like you know mannerisms and stuff like that so he took me under his wing you know we would work out together I remember he'd take me golfing all the time and I never liked to go I didn't I didn't know what golfing was like I never never did it and we did it one time I was terrible at it but 
it, it was kind of cool to see somebody older take initiative and take me under the wing and, you know, take me outside the realm of basketball. And, you know, it was great. And it really helped me become, you know, a better veteran too, where I could lead other people as well and, you know, lead it by example. And, you know, I was very fortunate too with those guys. Um, you know, you have Darren Williams as well, where he was a, an elite point guard. And I remember one time we had to do a one-on-one uh, full court and I had to go against him, and I just – it was brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. His crossovers, it, it's unbelievable what he, what he did back in the day. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Carlos Boozer was great. Everybody on that team was, was professional, uh, so even with Andre Karolinko. So I was very lucky, very fortunate with the team, teammates I had, especially being 19 years old. You have a lot of mature guys that, that, that were all-stars and I can lead you and lay the foundation work for me. I have to ask you about AK-47, Andre Karolinko, because the big story about him, when people look back on his career, his wife let him cheat (laughs) once a year. I want to hear if you have a backstory about that. Um, uh, Look, when you're 19, 20 years old, you know, the saying, ignorance is bliss. You just keep your blinders on and focus on ball, and then don't worry about anybody else's business. I didn't, what I don't see, I don't know. So that's, that's, that's what it was, for me at least, so. It's all good. And also, uh, <laughs> I had to bring it up. Yeah, yeah I, I knew where you were going with that. Uh, we were talking about Darren Williams, one of the most underrated point guards in recent years as well. Insane career. Oh, yeah. How good, do you th- how good was he watching him on an everyday basis? He was the best point guard, hands down, went out in that era, hands down. Like, he would just, he would just annihilate his opponents. It wasn't even fair half the time. And, and you could tell, like, like for some games he was locked in, you're like, he's, he's going to get 30. He's going to cross people up. You know, the equivalent of me, like a big, big end dunked on is equivalent for a guard getting crossed up. So like he would, he would probably, he would probably break somebody's ankle once a week at least. And it was, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So I, and I learned a lot from him too, from a big, you know, about being, you know, being aware with like screens and stuff like that, being more vocal, you know, how to play defensive properly off the of screens and stuff like that. So you know, those, those are one of those little things that help you and help you grow as a, as a basketball player. After Utah, you make a quick pit stop in Minnesota, and then you're over to Denver. You're on the roster the year Mello was traded. Did yeah. you know that he was going to go? No, I didn't know. So we were at, I was at Minnesota Timberwolves at the time, and uh, we were at Milwaukee. I remember this like it was yesterday. And uh, I, get on, I get on the floor, we start warming up, and uh, I think it was David Kahn was the GM at the time. And uh, he was like, hey, you're not dressing tonight. You you got traded to Denver. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, how do you feel about that? I'm like, okay, it's a business. You know, I, I appreciate the opportunity and, and stuff like that. And he didn't expect that for me to say anything like that. But this is how I do. I'm playing basketball in a different city. Cool, another opportunity. Like, can't ask for a better job than playing basketball professionally. And, and I get to travel, sign me up. I mean, everybody would do that. That's one thing I didn't, really didn't understand. Obviously, if you have families and stuff, it was different. So, but being being you know without any kids or any family members, you know, getting traded was easy. I loved it. You know, new opportunity, turn the page and move on. And then I remember we I drove that night when I when we flew from Milwaukee to Minnesota. I drew drove that night, uh, packed all my stuff up, and I drove that night straight to Denver with my cousin and. Uh, and I practiced the next day, and I was I was exhausted, but I was excited because you know Kenya Martin, Nene, and those guys, and it, it was great. And but I didn't realize that Denver had the altitude change. I completely forgot about that. So I was probably one of the hardest practices I ever had in my life because I didn't get any sleep, you know. And then you're straight to practice in the altitude, and it, it it was brutal for me the first week just to get adjusted. But after that, I adjusted nicely, and and the career went took off from there. At that time, you're only about 21 or 22. Talk about 
being traded when you're that young. I know you said that without a, you know, with no wife or kids around, it's kind of no problem. But going and meeting all these new guys as a young kid and them accepting you, how'd that work? It's easy for me. Uh, it's just how you approach it. It's with everything in life. You know, you come in with a mindset, you're going to be like, all right, cool, new opportunity. I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to ball out and get my best effort. If you, if you approach that with that mindset, you know, it's going to make it easier and more streamlined for you. Uh, obviously, it's easier said than done, but for me, that's what, it, it helped me. Um, some, people, some people will get upset about it, and then that's just going to set you back even more. And I believe that's wasted energy. You know, you don't want to waste, you know, the negative energy, and it's just going to bring you down. I'm, I'm a firm believer of positive vibes, and as long as you give your best effort and continue to work, you know, things will play out for you, no matter what, not just in basketball, but everything in life. And in your third year in Denver, 2012-13, career year, played all 81 games, started all of them, eight points per game, seven rebounds per game, 1.3 blocks per game, and you guys finished third in the West. What exactly clicked for you? Uh, it was just opportunity. Uh, for me, you know, being the altitude, you know, I was with, uh, you know, good guys that were close to my age as well with Danilo Gallinari, Mozgov, Ty Lawson was a great, great teammate. Um, other, uh, all the guys were amazing. We all got along just fine, which, which made it great because we would go out all the time. We would go out to dinner all the time. And that team camaraderie, you know, I've never, I didn't experience anything like that to that level because, you know, for me, like I'm, I'm a believer too of if you can cohabitate off the court, you're going to perform better on the court. That, and I'm a firm believer because it always translates. And that's what happened for us too. And granted, we had some injuries towards the end of the year where it was very difficult to get past the first round. But I feel like if we had everybody healthy, it would have been a different situation. Andre Iguodala, who's in the NBA Finals now, yeah. is on that team. Andre Miller, talk to me about those veterans who were alongside you. So I remember Andre Miller, because um, I'm a Cleveland guy. I'm, a, I'm from Ohio. So you're, grow, you're growing up as being a Browns fan and an Indians fan and, and a Cavaliers fan. And I remember just telling him, you know, back in the day in the Gund Arena, I used to, he used to follow you. And then, like, even the guys like Darius Miles and stuff like that. And he, he laughed. He's like, man, I appreciate you making me feel older. But he was amazing. The stuff that he could do at that age, too, he was, he was efficient. He was a great role model. He'd bring you to the side. He would never yell at you. He'd just be like, hey, you know, hey, big fella, next time I would, I would do it this way. And you got it. Like, stuff like that. And Ty was the same way, too. From a big guy, having a point girl like that, you know, that's, you're going to perform better. And uh, most people can't can't deal with people screaming at other other athletes. Like you don't do that. Like with the NBA, you know, you have to be like be stern, be like, hey man, this is this is what you need to do. You, you got to do it. Simple as that. In that same year, you guys match up with Steph Curry, Jared Jack, Clay Thompson yeah. in the first round. Now that team, like I said, with Giannis, Giannis was Giannis before his MVPs. This team was Steph Curry, Clay Thompson before the dynasty. Did you see them as becoming this legendary force? Oh, definitely, I did. I mean, you could tell too. You can see, you saw flashes of it even during the playoffs of just you know the Spurs. They would go on the back to back to back three pointers in a row. They would hit. Um, you know, it's 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 something that it was, an, it's a, it was they, they created a new way with a three ball. But at the same time, though, I'm a firm believer. You live and die by the three, and uh, you got to have some form of you got to mix it up a little bit. And uh, that's, that's, how you, that's how you win championships is by mixing it up. That brings me to a great question here. The Houston Rockets in 2020, they go just small ball. No center. Their tallest guy, about six foot eight. Want to hear yeah. your thoughts about that? Uh, uh, I mean, look, they're, they're a very talented team. James Harden is a Hall of Famer. Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Famer. Um, I mean, are they still playing? I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. They're, they're, they're an elite level team. 
but it's at the same time though you have to understand that you know you have to mix it up um like let, let's say like even with uh bam Obayo, uh was 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 playing the celtics in the in the Easter conference finals that that block he had i mean that was huge that was huge against jason tatum that could have changed that could have changed a lot if he wasn't seven feet it wasn't, wasn't six to eleven that would have been a different story and he's a superb athlete too which helps after Denver, two great years in Memphis. You were part of the grit and grind team with all those yeah. great players. Talk to me about playing next to Randolph, Conley, Marcus All, Tony Allen. It was it was unreal. I I am uh, I was very fortunate to play with those group of guys. Our front court, you know, Marcus All, Rasdebo, uh, and me coming off the bench, and we had Jamichael Green as well. I mean, we had a lot of great bigs, and we we pound for pound, I thought we were the deepest team in the NBA at the time. You know, obviously, you run into the Warriors in the second round, and it, it, it was tough. But, you know, we did have them on the ropes. But it's just what it is. You know, you hit some shots, you miss some shots at certain times, momentum kicks in, and then sometimes it doesn't work for you. And then Mike Connolly, I think Mike Connolly had an injury, too, a facial injury at the time, which, which set us back. But we can't make any excuses. So, But it, it was amazing. Um, Zebo was a wonderful teammate. Uh, Tony Allen was a great defender, obviously, as you know. First team, he he's, says it all the time. And, you know, hey – like I said, you put it out in the world, it's what you, what you get. And he said it every time, and he made first team. And he was a great defender. So, hey, talk about confidence right there. Um, but, you know, I learned a lot uh, from them, too. It was, it was a different style of play because when I was in Denver, we were more up and down. Where this one, great and grind, you're more half-court offense-based. So that, that was, took, a little bit, it took a little bit of time for me to, to adjust. But, you know, I feel like I adjust, adjusted very nicely with them. We made the playoffs every year. Played a lot of minutes. Had a stint when I started a lot of games as well when Mark went down. And, you know, we had we had a lot of great team team camaraderie as well. So I had, I had a blast at team on that team. Then after Memphis, Sacramento, where you spent the last four years of your career, you played great minutes there, great years, six points per game, five rebounds per game. But you didn't make any playoffs in that stint. Yeah. I want to know what your thoughts are with that team and what they have to do to turn it around. That team was a little bit different. You know, you're coming from the Memphis Grizzlies team with with a whole bunch of you know vets you know, that played the playoffs, including myself, where it shifts a little bit too, where you have younger guys, superb athletes, superb players, but at the same time, never been to the playoffs. So you have so many guys that have never been in the playoffs. You know, you have to, obviously there's a fine line of being patient, but you also have to understand that, you know, games that during the season, regular season games that you should win, you need to win because those games count, especially if you're on the lower end of the playoff rankings, like the eighth or ninth or 10th seed. So you can't take any days off. Where, where the big, bigger teams, like I was on, like with Memphis and, and Denver, not saying we took days off, but we knew like, okay, we were, we were confident enough we can beat this team. It's a must win. But we, we knew how to translate it. We knew how to, to adjust, not, not go balls to the wall and, and keep our energy level high the whole time. With Sacramento, it's tough because you have, you have a lot of guys that, that, that come from a lot of winning programs, but you understand that you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Some guys, they didn't, didn't adjust as well. And it's just what it is in the NBA. You know, your, your roles are going to change with the NBA when you're coming from college. You know, you're the man in college and in high school. But the NBA, you know, some teams, you might not be that main guy. So you have to learn how to adjust. You, granted, you'll, you'll score 15 a game, but you're not going to hit that 25, 30 points a game mark. So that's how you become successful, learning to make some sort of sacrifice and doing the little things right, whether it's a defensive scheme or running back on defense. So instead of being a, you know, a, a, a two-on-one, you have another guy back. So it's little stuff like that. But I feel like they got enough talent there that they're on the verge of, of, of potentially making the playoffs. Um, I don't want to say time frame because I don't put time frames on things. But they're, they, they have enough talent to do it. Um, 
It's just whether or not, you know, it clicks for them. Yeah, if you look at that talent, that young core is phenomenal. Bagley, Bagdanovich, Fox, and Heald, and other guys as well. Is yeah. there a missing piece that you think that they need? I mean, look, Harrison Barnes is a tremendous uh, tremendous vet and a great player. He's had a hell of a career, and he's still got many more years ahead of himself as well. Uh, it's tough to say, honestly. I think I think they need a, need a little bit more vets, like with playoff experience. Uh, I think – that's going to help him out a little bit more. Uh, but I, I do believe that, you know, Darren Fox is coming to his own. You know, I'll be shocked if he's not not an all-star in the coming years. I'll be very shocked. He's that good. I've never seen a guy as fast as him except for Ty Lawson in his prime, and that's that's a huge compliment in my eyes because Darren Fox, not only is he a great great person on and off the court, you know, he's he's a great basketball player. Um, but I think they, they need to surround themselves a little bit more with more vets, and I think they'll be fine. This summer, GM Vlade Divac and executive Pedro Stoyakovich stepped down. I want to hear your thoughts on that news when you heard it. Look, I mean, they, they know, they understand there's a business aspect to everything. Um, you know, they play the game. They're Hall of Famers themselves. You know, Peja and Vladi are tremendous people. They, they're, they're probably the nicest people you'll ever meet. Um, you know, it's unfortunate what happens, when, what happened to, to them. But, you know, for, from, from a business standpoint, it's just, it's just what happens sometimes. And you just got to turn the page and move on. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a job somewhere else. But you know, they're 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 legends of Sacramento. Um, they'll always be legends, no matter where they go. And especially like in Europe, they treat like royalty. It's crazy. Over over the years in Sacramento, would they ever come down and shoot around with you guys or oh, yeah. give you tips? It yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, uh, you know, Vladi would post up sometimes and mess around and have fun. From a player to see that, that's that's what you want. Especially Hall of Famers coming like coming down there, especially for the young guys to see him. Like that, that shows that they care, they're interacting, they're professional at the same time. You know, Peja still can make thirty shot thirty thirty threes in a row. It's it's nuts, and it, he still hasn't. He probably hasn't worked out for like a month and a half, two months, whatever it was. How many years? I don't know. I don't, want to, I don't want him to get upset if I say something. But he, he was just literally step on the court and make 30 shots in a row. It's, it's unbelievable. Also in your time in Sacramento, you came across DeMarcus Cousins. Now, he was insane in his Sacramento years on the court, but he was also a hothead at that time. And he would often lose control. In practice, did you ever have any beef with him, or did he ever just snap no. on a teammate? He, he he respected people that worked hard. I mean, and it came back to him. Like, look, like, don't don't get me wrong. Any any sport you, you're a play, you're gonna have your moments where where it's heated because your competitors want to get better. But no, he he was he was a great teammate. I had no issues with Demarcus. Um, I've never seen a person just. He was probably one of the best bigs I ever played with by far. Um, he would have 30 and 20 and like five games in a row, and I'm just playing cheese. It got to the point where he had 25 rebounds. You look up, and I'm like, ah, he, he, that's what he does. You know, you don't, you become numb to it. That's how good he was. But I remember one game we were playing the Nuggets, and I think it was Arco Arena, and uh, I don't want to say who was guarding him, but uh, he had like 50 some points, and the guy that was guarding him had like four points. And you're just like, man, like you just, <laughs> you, you, don't, you try, you don't feel bad for the other guy, but it's like. I've never seen that before, so. <laughs> also, Memphis and Sacramento, your teammate Vince Carter, well yep. into his late 30s, into his 40s. Tell me about being his teammate and what crazy things you've seen him do at 40. The first year when I saw him when I was in Memphis with my teammate, you know, you think of Vince Sanity. Like, he's, he's the guy that revolutionized the dunk contest. Like, he's, his name is going to be, you know, Hall of Famer, best dunker of all time. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you hear the story of never don't meet your heroes, but I'm not saying this is my hero, but 
you know, meeting him, you're, you, you just, you just like him even more. You know, he's that good. He's that good of a person. He's a great guy. He's got, he's got a heart of gold and he, uh, he, he'll reach out and make sure you're doing okay all the time. And having a hall of famer do that. I, that's unbelievable. Is there one player that really gave you a ton of issues when you matched up with them? I mean, I played well against him, but my, I remember my rookie year playing against Yao Ming for the first time. That was, that was, that was interesting. You know, he's seven foot five, you know, his legs are the size of my whole body. Um, it was unbelievable how he got the ball in the post. He keep the ball up high. He had, he, his touch was unbelievable. Uh, he keep the ball up high, spin around and shoot and would go in every single time. And me being seven foot, I got a seven, seven, eight wingspan. And I can't, it's very hard for me to, to contest that. Uh, but I think that was, the, I remember the ones a few times where I was just like that night before, like I was really anxious and really excited because I was starting that game. And I'm like, that's, that's Yao Ming. So, I mean, I think, I think Yao Ming was, was the one. And I know you mentioned Vince Carter as almost being a little starstruck. Has there, has there been another player where you've been on the floor and look to your left and you see him and go, wow, I'm really yeah, in this Kobe, spot. Kobe, Kobe preseason game in San Diego. I think it was San Diego uh, when I was with the Utah Jazz. I got checked in the first quarter and Kobe's in and uh, I uh, get the ball in the short corner and I hit the jumper and Kobe, Kobe like looked at me and I was like, Oh my God, like <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's surreal. I mean, it was a preseason game. So it was what it was, but you know, I hit the jumper and he was like, he was like a good shot, big fella. And I'm like, wow, that was, that was crazy. And he wasn't even guarding me. So, but just for him to say that, that, that was pretty cool. And I was always remember that. And lastly, I want to ask you about your old high school, Glen Oak High School in Ohio. Talk to me about your yearly camps there and the basketball courts that are in your name. Well, this year we, 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 we uh, canceled the camps due to what was going on in the world. But, um, you know, we've done it for about 12 years now. And, you know, it's, you know, four or five day camp, you know, when we, we provide, you know, the balls and the shirts and, what, and whatnot for the kids Monday through Thursday. Uh, we do like you know third to fifth graders the first session of the day and then in the afternoon session we do middle schoolers and you know, all the money goes back to the school and, and they you know the the kids that kids get to enjoy the high school kids get to enjoy you know and re reap some of the benefits because they supplies them you know the shoes their jerseys the balls the uh you know the travel gear and everything so because i remember when i was in high school too you know uh, we had to pay for our shoes and stuff so i wanted to make sure you know high school kids had the ability to have, you know, at least a pair of shoes that they didn't have to take, take care of and their jerseys and their, and their, uh, their warm-ups all taken care of for. So that really meant a lot to me. And then also, too, with the courts, you know, I remember when I was in, when I was in college, you know, I, was, I came back, you know, I was outside playing, you know, on the outdoor courts. And, you know, it's not the best area. So I was just like, you know, one day I want to build some courts where it's in a safe environment where kids can come and play. And, you know, it's great. You know, I, I'll drive by it and uh, – you know, it's humbling to see those kids and I'll, I'll park and just watch them play and they'll be like, thank you. And it, it, it was worth it for me. Uh, I have a story that was pretty funny. Um, I, was, I remember I was changing one of the nets out. So cause I'll, I'll change some of the nets out because it's four, it's two full courts. And uh, <laughs> I went to Dick Sporting Goods. I got a new net and I came back in my car. I got a little, little chair so I can change the net out. And this person comes out and it was like, without us stealing the rib net and i'm like look you know i'm sorry i'm just replacing the net here's the net i'm just trying to maintain the courts and i'll sweep the courts up and everything too so there's no rocks and stones on, on the on the cement and i don't think the guy realized and then i think he realized later and he, he was like hey i'm sorry you know i was like hey, it's not a big deal not a big deal cool but i appreciate you checking on the course and monitoring so it means a lot to me <laughs> i mean how did he not realize it's you you're you're seven foot how often do you yeah. see seven footers 
uh, with a chair on like eight and a half feet. So yeah, yeah exactly. No, I, I thought. I mean, but look, like for me, from from that standpoint, I was like, all right, at least they at least they're monitoring and taking care of it too, which is good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is episode twenty-one of Inside Buzz. I'm Mikey Domagala. That's Costa Kufos. Kosa, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you so much.